So uh, just want to share a continuation on, on our fruitfulness theme this morning and um, we're going to be talking about that all year I reckon because uh, the more I think about it the more I, I see in the word of God. So I want to start from uh, Genesis this morning, the very first book of the Bible and I also want to make a, a disclaimer. So if you, if you are new to church we often make reference to, to people and places, uh, they're in the Bible and you know, us churchies, we know what we're talking about, but someone who's not church would be thinking, what are they meaning? So when we talk about David, it's not the mechanic or the person next door called David or Paul. Uh, they're characters from the, from the Bible. So get that right and you'll sort of maybe know where we're going with things. But I want to start this morning from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27 uh, to verse 31. So I have it on the screen. My th uh, theme this morning is fruitfulness, perfection of creation. So um, if you are wondering, and many people wonder, where did I come from? And there's an answer to that that you would have learnt in school. It's a joke. But there's a greater place where you came from, and that was eternally God knew who you were and where, you, where uh, your future is going to be when you discover who Jesus is. But uh, it's a good question to ask, where did I come from? That, that leads to another question, why am I here? And hopefully, um, being involved in, in a church, a good church, some of those questions get answered, or all of, them, uh, all of those questions have an answer in Jesus. So we'll look at this scripture here this morning, and you can read it up there on the screen. So God created human beings. So where did human beings come from? God. Good answer. So God created human beings in his own image. That means to be like him. In the image of God, he created them. Gee, I'll tell you what, the Bible wants to reinforce this. He made them male and female. Oh, there's something in that. And he, uh, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals. Let's just go back to uh, fill the earth and govern it. That doesn't mean exploit it. That means to, to manage things well and look after the creation that God gave us. So we've got to understand that. Some people may say, well, well, we'll use that little piece of scripture to say, fill the earth and govern it. That means let's wreck it like we've been doing. No, we need to manage it well and look after the creation God gave us to live in. It says, rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. Uh, and I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and, uh, and that is what happened. So God just made all this declaration, and, and, and it says, and that is what happened. Then verse 31 says, Then God looked over all he made, and he saw that it was very good. So I call this the perfection of creation. God saw that it was very good. See, what we have is a world that was created right. So just tell yourself that right now. You can mumble to yourself. God created a world with everything right. But no one wants to say it. Sean doesn't want to say it. Because when God saw what he created, he said it was very good. So we have a world that was created right but has declined ever since. 
And that's opposite to what modern science tells us. We're not going to go into that this morning. But what I see from what my Bible tells me is God created everything perfect, but what we know is we're in an imperfect world. So that means that things have deteriorated since that point to where we are today. So from the start of time, God's instructions to people was to be fruitful. And he said to be fruitful and multiply. Now, in our language, we could use the word productive in place of fruitful. So I'm going to use them interchangeably today. So, we, so you understand when I use the word bearing fruit, that means you're being productive. You're not being wasteful. You're not being idle but you're producing something spiritually with your life. And it is a big mistake to, to live this life only with a natural perspective and not understand there's a spiritual, a spiritual element to us. So we are born with a spiritual part. So I think it's a good start point for being productive to have your life right with God to connect with the spiritual element. So there's a lot of other things out there that we can, we can search after to try and fulfill the spiritual in our life. Lots of different options out there. But the one option that we, that we want to promote and that we believe in is Jesus Christ as the author and the finisher, the creator of everything. And I think that the, the amazing part with, with our understanding of God is that he's given us all that we need to know through his word. And so we don't have to have doubts of what, what God's character is like. Where did we come from? Because God's given all of that within his word. And we can trust that. So I think we've, one thing we've got to be mindful of when it comes to this thing called salvation, that means by being saved, spiritually saved, is, is when we come to know Christ as our saviour. So again, we use these Christianese words. We know what we're talking about, but other people can be thinking, what do they mean? Salvation is a fancy word for getting yourself saved. So when we're telling other people about, about how to get their life right with God, we need to think of these things. We, we've got to always be mindful of this little word called repentance or repent because salvation without it isn't salvation. So often we might, because we, we're eager, we want to see as, as Christians, I'm talking to the church here this morning, we're eager to see people come to know Jesus Christ. And so often we're trying to package, thanks for the message communion, uh, Kimberly, but we want to package out this, this get to know God in a, in, a, in a nice way that says, come to Jesus, he loves you and, and all will be well. Say a simple prayer and then, and then go on your way. There's a little problem with that because true salvation means a turning away from your old life. That's why Jesus said it's being born again. It means you've got to let go of the old way and, and pursue a new way. So you can't have salvation unless you have that life change. Where you say, my old life is dead. That means nothing to me. And so often we see people have an experience, a church experience, but they don't have a salvation experience. I'm being mean, aren't I? But Acts chapter 3, 19 says, Now repent of your sins and what? Turn. That's what repent means. It means to turn. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. See, there's nothing more sad than, than a person who comes to church but never learnt to repent. And you never stop. Maybe I'm just bad. But I find that I'm always going, Oh, I'm sorry, God. That's what repent means. It means you come back with a sense of 
you, know, you, you recognize that what you did was wrong. And every time I open my mouth, I have an opportunity to say what's wrong. And the worst part about a preacher is you do it in front of everybody. And it's recorded too. <laughs> Acts chapter 3 verse 21. It says, for he, that is Jesus, must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised through his prophets. When I read something like that, I realize that that we're looking forward to a, a, a time frame, a place where, our, where we're spiritually and I think even physically we're regenerated by the power of God. It's like the, perfecti- the perfection of creation happens again in our life where we have the opportunity to have that, that kind of wholeness in our living by a regeneration that comes to our spirit. See, a big part in uh, uh, being regeneration or being born again is the capacity within us to be productive and to live a fruitful life so i don't think that god ever intended for a person to say well uh, you know your life means nothing there's nothing worse than, than thinking well i've lived my whole life and but actually it didn't do anything and i, I think that's part of the, the regeneration process that God wants to put into every single human being is a value and a reason for being here. A value and a reason for living. So, fruitfulness, the perfection of creation. See, God looks over you as his creation. He sees you and says, very good. Why don't you whisper to yourself, I'm very good. Some people can't say it. I, I, re, I, I had a discovery this year from Matthew, I think it's Matthew 22, when people were testing Jesus, the religious experts were, were testing Jesus, and they said, well, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? I think we're going to catch him. Because all the, the, all the thing in all their tests, all their test questions were, say something so we can kill you. Who'd love to go to an exam like that? Here's your exam. You get it wrong, you're dead. We're going to murder you. We're going to, make, we're going to think of the most horrible death and we're going to make you die that death. That's what they were planning. And so they, they came to test him and they said, well, okay, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Thinking, hey, he's going to trip up. We'll get him. And he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is like it is to love your neighbor as yourself. And, I thought, and I've, I've read that. I've read that plenty of times. But suddenly, just a few months ago, I read that and, and it spoke to me. That, and that I guess the Holy Spirit revealed something to me and said, the problem with the world today is there's so many people who, can't, who, who don't know how to love each other because they don't know how to love themselves. And so people have to get a revelation of how much God loves them so that they can then love others and then start to lift themselves up. You ever find some people who live in a whirlwind, a whirlwind that always takes them downwards? It's because they can't recognize or realize their own value that says, no, I don't need to go that way. I don't need to put my money there. I don't need to put my body there. I don't need to place myself in these situations all the time. But when you have a low self-worth or no self-worth, you are vulnerable to everything. So God looks over you, his creation, and he sees what's very good. And you need to tell yourself, I am not a robot. 
I think I accidentally pressed the thing. Where am I? I lost my robot. There she is. But she is a robot. She's lying. See, there's times when you can't see any good in yourself. There's times when others can't see any good in you. But God sees very good. He sees past the, he sees past the not good to see the very good. And you need to find a way to remind yourself all the time. When you, when you know that you're not good, you've got to say, well, God, you see something good because you died on the cross for me so that I could be very good. See, we only see our limited life. Things like, well, oh, I'm too short. I, I don't have enough money. My hair, my hair grows funny. My life's been full of knocks. Um, I don't have any connections in high places, so how could I possibly, how could I have a chance to be productive with my life? Answer, God sees you and he sees very good. So it doesn't matter what, what your life tells you. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made and who's never made a mistake. I've made mistakes that I don't want to tell anybody. But everybody knows. I have two, uh, uh, sorry, one question. What chance have I got to be productive? The chance is God sees you and he sees very good. So you don't have to think, well, I've got no connections. I don't know anyone in the government. I don't know anyone in high places. You know something? Get to know Jesus. He's in the highest place. He can open doors that no one else can in your life. And when you think you've come to the end of the road, that's good because you've got to take Jesus at his word and follow his path. So I'm going to give you two points to become productive. They're, they're very practical and I hope you can apply them to your situation. The first one, I've already mentioned it, but I need to re, uh, re-emphasize it. God sees you as very good. Ephesians 4 verse 1, of course, that's a scripture that God spoke to me um, to come to Port Lincoln and build a church according to that. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 7 that was, but... It says, at the very start of it, it says, lead a life worthy, which I mean, it, it, to me is productive, fruitful, and useful. Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You might be thinking, well, I never knew that before. But you need to realize today, whatever your background is, wherever you've come from, and however you got yourself here this morning, you're here because God wants you to know that he has a call on your life. That, what, what do you mean by call? That means a purpose, a reason, a something that only you were created to do. That if you don't find that thing, no one else is going to do that. So taking this truth ought to instill confidence of God's call and purpose for living. This could be your game changer when you understand this point. That God sees you as very good. God's call is that you are worthy to serve him. That he will supply all that you need to be productive. And when God says you are very good, you are very good. So one of the blockage points to being productive is not starting anything for fear of failing. And I know that's 
my own experience as a leader, I was most content serving on a team as long as I wasn't the leader. Because I, I was always fearful of failure. That was the biggest, I, I think the biggest um, uh, bear that I've ever faced was fear of failure. So when I had opportunity to lead, I would always panic and have anxiety thinking, what if this falls, uh, fails while I'm leading it? What if it all falls apart at my watch? Then I'll be a failure. And I was putting a lot more emphasis on me and how I would look if something failed rather than having my attention on Jesus and serving for him. And you know, if you've been in this church long enough, you'll see plenty of things we've started that didn't work. Plenty of things that we, we, we did that failed. It just goes with the territory sometimes. But in the long run, I know that God looks at me. He looks at our church. He looks at all of us and says, that is very good. So having the knowledge of, of that, of that fact that God sees you as very good is the game changer to your productivity with life. So you can, you can start to think right now, next time I have an opportunity to serve, next time I have a, an opportunity to do something for others, next time I have an opportunity, I'm not going to sit back and go, well, I'm just going to watch from a distance. I don't want to get too close. What if I make a mistake? What if it doesn't work? Well, think of it this way. You are made very good. And what if God starts to shine through his very good into that, that, into that place that you're sticking your neck out to do? The second key is let go of things so that they can grow. Let go of things so that they can grow. You see, grain or seed, it doesn't grow in the silo. It needs to be planted so it can grow. And the key word there is planted. Be planted where you can grow. I'm talking about a spiritual thing. You need to plant yourself in an environment that will grow you and develop you. Church is a great place to grow your spirit person. It's a great place to grow you spiritually, is to be planted in the house of God. And a big, big mistake many people have is they never discover the power of being planted. Because they think, well, I'm, I'm just a, 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 an all-encompassing person. I'm very open. I'm very free. And I just wake up in the mornings and think, well, I, I think, where does God want me to go today? And, and I might go to that church or I might go to that church or I might go, go, uh, go surfing for the day and be in touch with the Lord. You know, they're all great ideas, but they don't help you to grow. Because your part in, in all this is, is you have a part to play that helps other people to discover who they are and you can, be encouraged, you can be encouraged and you can encourage others and you find your place where you belong, you put your roots down and that's how you grow spiritually in that dimension. Be planted. I want to say more about that, but I might offend you. But, but that, that, that's a, an analogy that I've, I've had to discover for myself. But when you, when you get planted in the right way, you actually find freedom. You actually find freedom when you can give yourself to say, God, I'm planted. And that's a decision that God leaves up to you, where you'll plant. Because we are not robots. 
That's the most amazing thing. Some people think, well, if I'm going to serve God, then he's going to put me in a straitjacket. He's going to torture me. He's going to make me do things I don't want to do. You know what? God says, I'll, I'll give you the best life if you follow my instructions. And so often we think, well, God, yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the instructions my way, but then you've got to bless it. It's not going to work like that. So we've got to let go of things so that they can grow. Isaiah 55 verse 10. I think I have one up here. It's there already. Am I doing that or someone else? Oh, thank you. I just like to think I have the power. <laughs> Isaiah 55 verse 10. <laughs> the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry, there's a, we could preach all day on this message, and, and I won't, but because you all want to go home. Um, there's, there's a supernatural thing that happens in our life when we learn to plant ourselves, when we let go of things in our life so that they can grow. The, 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 see, see what we can see here. Because um, when we do our part, when we sow what is in us, when we, when we have seed and we use it for God, then God does a supernatural part that we can't do. It says there that the rain and snow come down from the heavens. That, that's the supernatural part. It comes from God. And, and this, we're talking about natural seed as, as an illustration. It says it stays on the ground to water the earth. So when we water a seed, it starts to germinate. It starts to grow. It starts to turn into something different. And it says it causes the grain to grow, producing seed. Now, seed is for the future. To seed for the farmer, that's not so he can eat it, it's so he can keep it, so he can replant it again. And when it comes to our spiritual walk, our, our spiritual journey with God, God wants to, God gives you seed, he wants you to plant that seed so that you can have more seed to plant more seed, but he also wants, it to feed, uh, wants you to make bread so that you can feed the hungry. In that, the hungry is a spiritual thing. So that you have something in you that helps others with their need. It's a giving out of yourself to help others. So what you have and what you have to trust God with is with the water to grow and be fruitful and productive in your life. A great illustration for that would be being filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. I shared with the prayer meeting people this morning um, about the Holy Spirit in our life and about being, being prepared spiritually for things. So I read my Bible and I pray every day, not so that I can have something to preach on Sunday, it's because I need it to grow. I need it in my life so that I can know and understand how to live. That's why we find those things important. Next verse is 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resource and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And I believe that's what God wants to uh, instill in all of us is the capacity to produce seed and the ability to feed others. That's why we're here. That's why we do church like we do so god provides a seed and then bread and i think we would be fools to think that because we have seed 
in the cupboard, if we just wait long enough, it will turn into bread. It's not going to do that. God gives us seed and we make the bread or we could make the cake or even the pizza if we wanted to, but we can make something that is going to be sustainable and a blessing for everybody else around us. So the whole purpose of, of being a productive person with your life is because it brings strength, it brings stability, it brings direction and help to everybody else around you. It's not just so that you can be blessed. And I think that's so, so important that we understand as, as a church that we don't just come to meet on Sunday and we don't just come to sing some nice songs and, and watch the lights and, and, and do all those sorts of things. The reason we, we come together because we want to worship and honour God and, and we, we do that, we bring that to Him in our service together. But the whole purpose of the church in the world is to make a difference, to be a light in the darkness is to be the one who makes a difference, is to be the one that, 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 that is a voice for what is right. See, planting seeds, it takes faith. It puts you right out there. But when we trust that God will water it and make it productive and make it fruitful, and we trust that God's going to use us to be a blessing to others, then we step from from the protection and the comfort of playing it safe. And then we go out into faith where God can bless and grow what we have in us. So our two points this morning, God sees you as very good. These are start points to being productive with your life. And the second one is let go of things so that they can grow. See, these, these key points aren't for the good days when we think everything's working out. These keys activate, they're active and they are for the bad days when we face discouragement and fear and when we lack faith. That's when we need to, to dig a little bit deeper. That's when we need to say, God, how do you see me? When we need to let go of things so that they can grow. Let me leave you with some words of wisdom from Tommy Barnett from his book, Multiplication. He says this, Consider the first time you won a race. Well, it never happened to me. Made a perfect score on a test or reached your highest goal. What did you do after that? I have exciting news. Beyond your highest mountain lies a higher peak. Above your greatest accomplishment, accomplishment rises one greater and so we never get to this stage where we think well i just climbed the highest mountain i just passed the hardest test i just discovered the greatest revelation when it comes to sowing and giving our life to christ there's always more there's always more and i think one of the problems we have with giving our seed or sowing is sometimes we think we've got to hoard it, we've got to hold on to it because we might not get any more. That's the total wrong understanding of spiritual blessing in your life. Spiritual blessing is all about when God gives you some, then you, you use that to, to be blessings. And God will always give you enough for you and enough for others as well. The perfection of creation and our potential are restored in Jesus. Sin infiltrated God's perfect and, he, and that put distance between God and us, between God and you. Today, 
Every single one of us has a choice to believe Jesus, to deal with our sin, to repent, and to take us into a life of productive fruitfulness. You could start right now by starting a new life in Jesus. And I want to pray for people this morning. Why don't we just stand to our feet? And for, for this morning, I am going to ask people to, to uh, take a step out, come up the front so that we can meet you and, and pray with you individually. Because God wants you to know that you are very good. That you are very good. And life circumstances and your own decisions and mistakes Maybe what your parents have told you or people at school have told you or people around you in your, your world have told you that you're not good. I want to tell you something today. The Holy Spirit says you are very good. And what makes you very good is because you are made in the image of God. And everything about God is creating, is recreating, it's growing, it's developing. It's always, it's, he's always building something. You know, the universe... You know, the, the science tells us the universe is ever expanding. It's getting bigger and bigger. They can't ever keep up with it, with, with the expansion because it's part of God. And God never stops growing and building. And when we're created in His image, then what God expects to see in us when we have that connection made right with Him is that our life is similar. It's producing, it's growing, it's developing, it's, it's making things. Some of those things are going to be physical things and other, though, other of those things are going to be spiritually things we, want, we might describe as ministry. But I want to tell you something. We don't say, let's divorce our life to say, well, I'm a, I'm a physical builder and there are spiritual builders over there. No, your whole life is one. You should have both going at the same time. And we don't want to be a church that's full of spiritual hoarders. You know, no one likes a hoarder's house. No one. Because when you look at a hoarder's house, it's not good stuff. It's usually just, just it might be some good stuff buried in all that, but, but there's a whole lot of junk to find the, the, the good bit. And what we want to be as a church, at One Heart Church, is not a church of hoarders. Because what that looks like is very messy. What that looks like is really unorganized. What that looks like is, is like, well, why have you got all this junk? laying around I, mean, I have a tendency to be a hoarder naturally come to my house is a little bit it's all good stuff <laughs> but when it comes to our spiritual world we don't want to be a church of hoarders why don't you just close your eyes right now and I want to pray for people who feel left behind I didn't really mention this in my message today but you feel left behind something changed in your circumstances, in your life, and you're not where you want to be, or you know you're not where you know you should be. I want to pray for you this morning, and I'll ask the team to come and uh, pray with me. And as I read some of these things out, you can just step forward and and come up the front here and and just wait, and then we'll get to you. But if that's you, you feel left behind. We're going to ask Jesus to bring you into a place of fruitfulness, into a place of productivity again. Don't ever believe the lie, whatever circumstance was that made you feel left behind, that 
God has forgotten you or that you don't have a reason. All you have to do is say, God, I want to connect again with that reason. I want to turn around. We're going to, we're going to use that, 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 that nasty word, repent, for some of us and say, God, I got it wrong. I, I got my eyes off of you. Maybe something failed around you and you thought, well, it's my fault and now, now I'm, I'm not going to try anything ever again. That's exactly where the devil wants to keep you. And you need to shake that off and say, I'm not going to be left behind anymore. I'm going to pursue after God. There's other people here and you really want to plant seed for the kingdom of God. You really know that you're you're just discovering who you are. You're discovering your purpose. Maybe you're just discovering God for the first time. It's all a little bit mysterious for you. But you're thinking, "I, I want to plant seed. I want to know my purpose and I want to make a difference in this world. You need to tell God here, have my life. Use me. Use me. There's many times in the Bible where where God says he's searching for a man. I think it's Ezekiel. in In the book of Ezekiel, he says, here I am, Lord, use me. If no one else is hearing the call, then then I'll be the one. And some of those things that we answer the call to could be such an insignificant seeming thing. But what God asks you to do, just do it. And he'll take you into something significant. One last group. For those who don't understand God's view of them. That God sees you as very good. Then you need to put yourself in a place where you get constant encouragement and words of life spoken over you. You need to bring that to God this morning. Ask for a deposit of the Holy Spirit in you. But you also need to be mindful of where you put yourself when you leave here. Because the world has a great tendency to suck out any positivity that that God wants us to, to have in us. Wants to draw it out, suck it out and rob you of that. And you do need to have good people around you who, who encourage the best in you, who see the good in you. Maybe can, maybe can point things out that need adjustment sometimes. But you need to find the, the right people who can do that. That aren't just critical, but are helpful. You need constant encouragement and words of life spoken over you. So I'm going to ask if you're one of those people this morning, why don't you come forward? We're going to have the the team, Pastor Michael and Pastor Kylie. Uh, Kimberly's here, Pastor Jimmy. Um, Mariah is here as well. We're just going to pray with you this morning and ask that God will do something supernatural in your situation today that changes your future, changes your destiny. So people are coming. We're going to sing. I'm just going to ask the team to come. Can I just have, say, guys like Con and perhaps Sean and Sean and others to, to stand behind us as we pray? Um, and Kyle, yeah, thank you. Let's pray. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where 
Oh. 
called us to be his body he's called us to be his agent on the earth today and I just use this word as well that we aren't the church we are just part of the church but we want to be a good part of the church that does our responsibility well so why don't you just put your hands in front of you if you want to this morning I'm going to pray a prayer that we catch spiritually this morning God I pray over one heart church today as a group I pray, Lord, that we as a people may be generous with what you've put in our hands, that what you've put in our care, that, Lord, I pray a, a, product, a productivity within us, Lord God, that, Lord, we recognize right across our church that, that we are your creation and that we are very good. Lord, we say that in the right sense, Lord God. But, Father, I pray that we represent your kingdom on earth every day wherever we go and who we talk to. So God, I pray that you just put within every single person seeds of the Holy Spirit that aren't just for us, that they do make us feel good, they do make us better people. But Lord, I pray that we sow those seeds out by being kind, by being generous, by being gracious, by being forgiving. All those things, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. May people just receive something today. May this church be a blessing to the city of Port Lincoln and to everywhere else where we go. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Receive that this morning, church. God bless you.